What is up, everybody, and welcome to The Spiral. I'm your host, Zane Geiger, and on today's podcast, we're going to go over some Monday Night Football, uh, just give you my quick little thoughts about what I saw, and then I'm going to talk about some breaking news that's happened over the last couple of days regarding NFL and college football, and last but not least, I'm going to start this new segment, just kind of like my two cents. You, we can call it Zane's two cents if we want to. Uh, basically, I'm just going to kind of like talk about maybe how I feel about directions, how teams and players conferences, organizations might be going, what I think might be something that's happening in the near future, could be a week from now, a month from now, just kind of my bold two-cent predictions. Um, It's going to be a new segment. I hope you guys like it. But with this being said, let's get it started. All right, so if you didn't watch the game Monday night, it was a good one, all right? So we had the Raiders playing the Ravens. Raiders won in overtime 33-27. to but first, I want to talk about the Ravens real quick. If you're not aware with what's happened, anything remotely close to the Ravens this offseason, all you need to know is they've had a horrendously bad luck right now in the offseason. It's, it's been rough. All right, Just constantly losing players before the season even starts, and that's not ideal for anybody. So it starts with their big one, J.K. Dobbins, running back, knee ACL, out for the year. Um, you have Rashad Bateman, the rookie wide receiver, who they're really high on because, you know, Lamar Jackson arguably hasn't really had top weapons his whole time being on the Ravens. I mean, his best weapon's been Mark Andrews. So, I mean, that's a tight end, not even a legit number one wide receiver. So they drafted Bateman to be kind of that guy. He's on IR. He'll be expected to return week four earliest. Same with Miles Boykin, a wide receiver they drafted two years ago, hoping he would step up and have a big year. Hamstring injury, short-term IR, week four earliest return. Then you have Gus Edwards, the running back, who kind of stepped in to be the guy after Dobbins, ACL. Marcus Peters, next play after Gus Edwards tore his ACL. Marcus Peters, ACL, Achilles injury. Nick Boyle, tight end, knee injury, week four, projected return. And they lost a tackle last night. I don't know if he's out for the season yet, to be honest. Or they lost him Monday night. So I don't know if the reports came out with him being injured, long-term, season-ending uh, season injury, but it hasn't looked good. Ravens are falling apart right now. They're getting beat up, and I think it showed a little bit. Now, again, Ravens easily could have, you know, could have came out with this. You know, it was, just, it was a really good game overall. Lamar threw for 235 yards and a touchdown. He ran it for 86 yards. Uh, Williams, the running back, they're high on, had 65 yards and a touchdown. Latavius Murray, a running back, I am ha- happy they signed. He's only been there for a couple days, but he ran in for a touchdown. Sammy Watkins finally had a big game, four receptions, 96 yards, which is big. They need him to have a big one. Marquise Brown, six receptions, 69 yards, and a touchdown. They need him to get going as well. Mark Andrews only had 20 yards receiving. But overall, their offense played well, and their defense, for the most part, I thought, played very well um, against the Raiders until the second half. And Derek Carr, you know, ended up finishing with 435 yards. Uh, two touchdowns and an interception. He did get sacked three times. The run game was not there, but Darren Waller, big game, 10 receptions, 105 yards, a touchdown. Brandon Edwards, uh, wide receiver they drafted two years ago, they're really high on, had 81 receiving yards. Uh, Renfro, 70. Kenyon Drake, 60. Ruggs, 46. Uh, Zay Jones, 46. So they the Raiders played very well. Um, you know, but I think, personally, the Ravens just kind of bit, bit themselves in the foot. I think that's the game. I, I thought the Ravens were going to win it. Um, you know, but got to give Raiders a lot of credit. They came back, won it. It looked really good. Um, I have my doubts about the Raiders. Uh, that's something I'm going to get into a little bit later. 
Uh, but overall, I'm not the biggest fan of the Raiders. I think they've kind of gone downhill. I think they've missed on a lot of draft picks. Uh, I think some of the free agent signings have been questionable. Their decisions and what they do has been really questionable. Uh, I get it. Gruden grinders. All right. You know, you got to love them. But at the same time, I, I, granted, it is impressive they beat the Ravens week one, but they were at home. Ravens are having a bunch of injuries. Uh, I do think a lot of people kind of like the Ra- uh, Raiders a lot in this matchup. But overall, I just don't know how I fully feel about the Raiders. Uh, Ravens, I like still even bearing all the injuries because they are a pretty deep team. Uh, and when you have Lamar Jackson being able to run the ball, running backs are important, don't get me wrong, because you don't want him to run it more than he has to. But I do think the Latavius Murray signing is good. Um, and I do like Williams, a young kid they've had for two years now. He has a lot of potential. So I think they'll be okay running the ball. They kind of could be like the 49ers in the sense where whenever a running back goes down, they just throw somebody in there and he ends up going for 100 yards. That could potentially be the Ravens. The Marcus Peter injuries big time, but they do have some young corners they are also high on. Uh, Marcus Peters, if you don't know who he is, he's probably one of the best ball hawks in the league. I would say it's between him, Xavier Howard, and... Uh, J.C. Jackson on the Patriots. I would say they're three, probably the best ball hawks in the league. So he's just a turnover machine. So they're going to miss that defensively big time. But they do have some young corners who can definitely get the job done. Uh, you know, they're young, so there's going to be growing pains a little bit. But they could be pretty consistent. You know, the big downside with Marcus Peters is he gambles a lot. He could get you a big interception return, but he can also give up that 75-yard touchdown because he wants to jump passes. So... Again, I do think they're going to miss him, but I do have young corners um, to kind of fill that void. But overall, man, I mean, this game was really good. Uh, Derek Carr looked like he was kind of struggling early. Like, he didn't really fully trust his wide receivers and everything until, like, clutch time. And then he started throwing to wide receivers and started getting in a groove and everything. Um, so I hope that gets better because I do think they have interesting young wide receivers. I just think um, they are unproven. But a lot of talent at the wide receiver core, in my opinion, is just very young and unproven. But overall, this was a really good game. Uh, but that being said, let's jump into some big NFL news over the past couple of days that's happened. So let's start with essentially the Redskins. So Redskins, if you don't know, if you haven't listened to my podcast, I've had the Redskins as the favorite in their division because I like their defense. I like their offense. And though there was questions at the quarterback position, I, I believe them fits magic. Well, now Fitzmagic's hurt. Roughly could be out potentially for the... I think I think reports came out and said he potentially could be out for the year. If not the year, at least like eight, nine weeks. Um, so he's gone. So what do you do if you're the Redskins? Sorry, I shouldn't say Redskins. Washington football team. Uh, I, I, it's, still, it's still a force of habit to say that. Um, the Washington football team. What do I think of the Washington football team? I like Tyler Hennecke. I think he has talent. I, I People think, you know, people forget he played Tampa the best in the playoffs last year. Like, he did. Now, again, Tampa doesn't have film on him. They don't know what he likes to do. They don't, they don't know a lot of stuff about him. But he stepped up in a big-time environment. Granted, it was at home. But he stepped up, played very well, and I think gave the Patriots a run for the money. Now, they, they end up winning late. But he played them extremely well, extremely tough, and I think players like him. He came in versus the Chargers, and I thought he played very well. He got the ball moving. He played poised. He played, he played really well. I like giving him the nod, and I'm still a fan of the, uh, of the Washington football team, 
even if they have Heineke at quarterback. I, I still like Washington a lot because I do think he has potential to be pretty good. Now, they can always go with the backup option. You could potentially sign a Cam Newton, okay? I get that. Cam's, I think Cam is still dynamic. I still think he can make those plays for you that can win ball games. Like, I personally thought the Patriots lost uh, to the Dolphins because without they didn't have Cam Newton. I think Mac Jones played really well, but he didn't make that big play to win you the game. I think Cam would have done that. I think Cam could have added with his legs, different elements. I think Cam could have won that game for the Patriots. Now, I say this. Cam can win you games, but he can also cost you games because consistency, you don't know what you're always getting out of him. You can have some really high highs, but you might have some low lows with him. That's the dice the Redskins have to decide if they want to roll with. I think it could work out, but I do think Tyler Haneke is a good option. I'd put him in. I don't mind Cam Newton in that backup role. Now, I don't know how Ron Rivera is going to feel bringing back Cam Newton. I don't know if Cam Newton would want to go back there to Ron Rivera. Um, I'm not quite sure how their relationship is. I don't think it's necessarily the greatest. I do think Ron Rivera is always tough on him, but that's just a really good opportunity, potentially, um, even just in a backup role. And then if Heineke struggles, you can throw Cam Newton out there. Uh, again, you know, going to a different offense, everything, it's going to be different. You got to learn the new verbiage and everything. But from a standpoint, he's been with Ron Rivera before, so he should know some of this stuff. Like, it's not going to be completely brand new offense. Like, maybe some of the verbiage may have changed a little bit from when he was with the Panthers to the football, Washington football team. But for the most part, I would think Cam Newton is a good idea. I would definitely look into bringing him in. Uh, Washington, make no mistake, is a playoff team. They are ready to get to the playoffs. Um, I, I thought they could have been a double-digit win team before the season even started. Or, or not before the season started. Uh, I thought they could be a double-digit team, like win team regardless of whoever their quarterback ended up being between Heineke or Fitzmagic. Um, so I am really high on Washington. Not everybody's super high on them. I am. I just love their defense. I love their offense potentially. Um, even with the loss to Curtis Samuel, I'm a big fan of it. Um, but yeah, if you're Washington right now, trust Tyler Henneke. Uh, I think he can get it done. But if you're looking for an option, I think Cam Newton's going to be the best option. I think just familiar with the system um, and his potential to be a good stopgap option until you guys can get a young quarterback and kind of build around because obviously Fitzmagic's not the answer. Anyways, if he was healthy, Cam Newton's not going to be the long-term answer. I still think they're looking for that. Heineke potentially could be it, but I don't know for certain. Um, but with that being said, let's talk about some other things that came out. So today, the Raiders had a bunch of injuries get released. Uh, it was really crazy how many guys they had uh, come out injured today. So four Raiders suffers injuries. Uh, O-line, De uh, Denzel Good, Torres ACL, Mariota, Nidakwe and McCoy believe to also suffered long-term injuries. That is not a good look for the Raiders. Um, it, it like their O line's already not the best. They already struggle having a pass rush. And McCoy and Nadakwe were guys I like there. They're I think Nadakwe is a good pass rusher, not really good run stopper. McCoy's older but good veteran, still has talent. Lose them for long periods of time is is big for that Raiders team. I mean they've already. And I'm gonna talk about this a little later. Uh, but the Raiders, they've already haven't had the best luck drafting players and doing like, you know, kind of having, uh, how do I say this? Like drafting talent and getting the best out of that talent. Like they haven't coached up a lot of the talent they got. And I think they've already drafted a lot of projects as it was and kind of interesting guys and they haven't really developed. 
So the fact that now you've brought in some veteran free agents and some potential good free agents and, you know, they were going to have nice roles for you potentially to lose them big time. That's just huge for the Raiders. That's not ideal. Um, Chiefs offensive coordinator, Eric uh, Benemy, could be eyeing the USC head coach job. That is very, very good. I think he did not. I think he got cheated out of a head coaching job this year. Uh, again, I don't mind the idea of if you think he's more of a product of Andy Reid. I get that. I, I'm not saying you're wrong for thinking that. I just think he's been very good at his offensive coordinator role for so long. The fact that he didn't get a head coaching job is very interesting. Um, now, again, maybe the jobs he wanted got filled elsewhere. Um, you know, I, I don't know for certain how the whole process went. I just thought he was going to get a head coaching job. Again, maybe another situation suited him. I mean, you could he could be essentially in the Josh McDaniels role where it's like Josh McDaniels seems like he could get a head coach whenever he wants, but he's just waiting it out. Again, I don't think he's out. He's waiting out Andy Reid, but he could potentially be waiting for something to really be, you know, like that dream job, that nice opportunity. And for USC, that's a good opportunity. All right. USC, there, there's certain colleges in football, right? When they're good, it makes college football more entertaining, right? USC is one of them. I hate to say it, but Miami Hurricanes is one of them. FSU is one of them. Florida, one of them. When, when the Florida sports are really good, especially college football-wise, the, the college football is more exciting. Texas, when they're good, is more exciting. Uh, USC, obviously. like there's There's these programs where it, when they're good and everything's good, like the sport is like... It's just insane, right? Now, a lot of people thought Texas could be back, and then they lost Arkansas, so that kind of, you know, stopped the brakes a little bit. People thought USC could potentially be back over the last 10 years, on and on, off again. Some people thought they could be back. They lost to an unranked Stanford team. USC has the name brand. USC has the potential. Elite recruiting out west. You know, you're supposed to be the big school out there in California. You know, not UCLA where Chip Kelly is. Supposed to be USC. I think if he went there, showing he's had so much success at the NFL level and how innovative he can be at the NFL level, he could do the same thing in college. It's going to make him a very, I think, desirable location or, you know, make USC desirable Again, I don't know how he is with the players. I know, you know, um, I know the Chiefs really love him. I know the players like him a lot. But they're also, I, I don't think, you know, they would say anything bad about him either. Like, he hasn't done anything to warrant bad behavior. I don't know how he would do with the younger kids, you know, like high school kids trying to convince them to come there and play for you. Um, so there could be questions how he could be as a recruiter. But I think ideally he could actually be a pretty good recruiter just with all the NFL success he had. Showing players like, hey, I know what it takes to get to the NFL. I know how to make players successful in the NFL, especially on offense. We could have an elite offense at USC if you guys come. Like, I think he could have nice, you know, kind of like a like a good marketing campaign behind him to get young recruits in there, especially on offense. Then if he just hires the, some solid defensive coordinators who know how to recruit, probably a little biased, but I'm always going to throw him in there because he's a terrific recruiter. I think he's a good D, D coordinator. Will Muschamp, if he added a Will Muschamp on his defense, who's excellent at recruiting, has good ties to Florida and Texas, and, you know, he knows how to coach defense, he's a strong recruiter, that could be a nice one-two combo and could make USC really relevant because, again, USC is best, or college football is best when USC is really good. All right, I'm not a big fan of the Pac-12. I'm not a big fan of USC by any means, but I'll be honest, Texas and, like, USC makes college football a lot better when they're better. 
It just makes it more exciting. You know, I would like to see USC good again. I think he could be the nice candidate. The head coach that they had previously was not it. He was not that good. And to be honest, I think going in that direction would be very smart. I would honestly go him 100%. Uh, let's see. What other big news do we have? So, real quick, we do have... Um, I don't know if I talked about it on the last podcast, but I'm going to mention it anyways. Denver's wide receiver, uh, Jerry Judy, he has a high ankle sprain. I believe they said it could be anywhere from four to six weeks. Um, that is big time. Uh, Jerry Judy's a, you know, I thought number one uh, wide receiver. You had, uh, what's his name? You had Cortland Sutton coming off an ACL injury. You have no idea when he's going to be back uh, or fully healthy again. Not having Jerry Judy's big. Uh, you still have Noah Fate. Obviously, Cortland Sutton's going to come back probably within the either week. He could come back week two. I think they just held him out to be safe week one. But he could definitely play this week. Uh, he's still a beast of a receiver, but Jerry Judy could take the pressure off of him until he got his groove back. Uh, now, without him, you're going to throw a lot of pressure on Cortland Sutton, uh, Noah Faint, and KJ Hamler, who I do like, but he had a huge drop the other day, uh, deep ball, which I think could have been a huge touchdown that he just kind of dropped. So, not ideal, but again, Jerry Judy lost for even half the season's big for a Denver team who's looking for the playoffs and you play with the Chiefs and Chargers who can put up points. Uh, missing Jerry Judy is going to be a big one. Um, 49ers, Raheem Morissette, out for the year. Um, again, big loss, but he's a guy who's never been able to stay healthy anyways. Uh, again, I'm never. it's never exciting to have a guy get injured by any means, but... He's a guy who's never been able to stay healthy. They have that Sermon guy. They drafted, I believe, out of Ohio State, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's a talented man at the running back position. He's young, a lot of talent. They had a running back named Mitchell who came out of nowhere, had 100 yards rushing. Again, if you're with the 49ers, and I mean this with all due respect, you could put me behind there, and I, and I think I could get 100 yards. I don't know what it is. They just throw out random running backs week after, you know, year after year, just random running backs because they, they've had a history, the 49ers, of players getting hurt, especially at the running back position. Um, I don't know what that's about. Just I think it's bad luck. Um, but any running back they throw in there just seems like they're a 100-yard rusher or they're really good. Makes no sense. I, don't, I can't fathom it. I don't know how to explain it. But all I know is if you put me on the 49ers roster right now and you label me as a running back, whatever reason, I drop 100, receive, uh, 100 rushing yards next week against the Eagles. Makes no sense. But it's just, it's just the way it is. All right? And again, I think that he is very talented. I think it's going to be a big loss to the 49ers, but they definitely have the ability to fill that void, put backups in, and still get similar results running the ball. I do think they could miss him and his speed, especially out of the passing game too. But they have, you know, Kyle Shanahan's just a genius, right? He knows what he's doing. He can get, he can make up for plays with not, him being out there, uh, being out for the year. So I think the 49ers are going to be okay. Uh, let's see, what else do I have? Um, real quick, I think it's, it's it was really funny that people uh, were all over Jamar Chase uh, not being really good with all the drops and everything he had, and then he came out there and dropped a 100-yard receiving game. Uh, that was pretty spectacular. I think he answered the questions to show he is legit, no matter what everybody keeps saying about him. Um, I think he proved that he is a really good, talented receiver, and that needs to be said. And that kind of being said, that's kind of all the breaking news I really have for you guys right now. Um, again, if any more news drops between now and my podcast Friday, I'm definitely going to drop that, uh, you know, when that podcast starts. 
But with this being said, I'm very excited to get into this new segment of mine that I came up with uh, today, Zane's Two Cents. I'm just going to talk about hypothetical situations between players, teams, organizations, conferences, and just kind of my predictions, you know, what I think could happen with regards to these teams or players I talk about. So stay tuned to find out what I'm going to be talking about. All right. So Zane's Two Cents. All right. Brand new segment. I was talking to my good friend back home the other day, and we were just talking about it, and you know, I thought I should share it to you guys. We were talking about it, and I think after this season, even though they had a week one win, Mike Mayock, John Gruden will be out of Oakland. I think they're going to be fired. And here's my issue with them. All right, You traded Khalil Mack, and again, you trade Khalil Mack, you don't think you're going to be able to keep him. You got a bunch of value from him. right? You got a bunch of picks. Now, it's never easy trading a premier pass rusher. They're very hard to replace. They're not, they don't just grow on trees. Okay, It's a premier position. If you have a great pass rusher, you keep him, you pay him. But they traded him, and they got a lot of picks. And what did they do with these picks? They squandered them. They, like, super head-scratching picks. Now, a lot of people early, within the first two years, you know, were saying like, oh, well, if Mike Mayock was still in his position and where his draft rankings came out for players, would we still be questioning how some of these picks were evaluated? And early on, I was like, that makes, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Like, because Mike Mayock, you know, not every guy and every person who evaluates the draft and talent, they're all going to have players labeled the same, right? Some people, you might have a couple spots ahead of other people. Some, you might have a spot several lower than other people, right? But just looking at it now, like just some misses, like just head-scratching picks. And I just want to get into it real quick. So let's get it going real quick. So 2019, the first draft, Mike Mayock and John Gruden, right? So they're on the clock at number four. They go Klein Farrell out of the DN out of Clemson. These are guys they went over. This is these are people they picked over them, right? Head scratching move right away. You know, supposed to be elite pass rusher. He, keep in mind, number four overall, supposed to be an elite pass rusher. Replace Khalil Mack. Do you know what he? How many snaps he played? Monday Night Football. I'll answer that for you. Zero. Healthy scratch. Healthy scratch. This is two years after drafting him. He was a healthy scratch. You know how bad that looks that you just squandered a top five pick? That's embarrassing. Now, I can say this because I'm a Dolphin fan. And we did the same thing with Deion Jordan. Now, I do believe we misused him a little bit. But it's embarrassing when you miss on those picks. Like, that's bad. All right? But the Dolphins didn't also have, didn't trade a Khalil Mack and then draft the Deion Jordan to kind of be his replacement. You know, we had an aging... Um, Oh my goodness. We had an aging Jason Taylor who retired and Deion, Deion Jordan could potentially have been the go-to pass rusher of the future. So we traded up to get him. Obviously it was a bust, but we didn't, we didn't trade a prime time Jason Taylor away for all these picks to try to you know, get a pass rusher now and completely miss. These are guys they drafted over him, right? Guys who I think are really good. They drafted... They drafted Klein Farrell over Devin White, big-time linebacker for Tampa. Josh Allen, a nice DN slash linebacker for the Jags. Nice pass rusher. Um, I think Ed Oliver's really good. I think Devin Bush is pretty good. Rashawn Gary, the DN out of Michigan, who's on Green Bay now. He's, he's done pretty good. Um, I'm not going to include like the tight ends, TJ Hawkerson. 
because they had Waller. I don't know if they knew Waller was going to be Waller in 2019. I think that's kind of the year he kind of broke out. Um, but that those are just some of the guys, in my opinion, they completely missed on. Brian Burns, another good, really talented DN out of uh, Florida State, who's been really good with the Panthers. A Jeffrey Simmons out of Mississippi State, talented D-tackle. He's had a big injury problem, but another potential guy they could have got. Their next pick, Josh Jacobs, number 24. I personally like John Jacobs, but guys they've drafted over him. Marquise Brown, which I think you can argue Josh Jacobs has lived up to his potential, even though they paid Kenyon Drake and he didn't have a good game last week or this Monday. They paid Kenyon Drake a bunch of money, so now I have no idea what to think of their ability to use Josh Jacobs. Um, Montez Sweat, another really good DN on the Washington Redskins who's very talented. I, actually, I don't know if it was him or Jeffrey Simmons off the top of my head who had the injury. I think it was Montez Sweat. Um, maybe they both had injuries. I can't remember. But Montez Sweat would have been a great pick at, at a pass rusher position. Then at 27, they went Jonathan Abram, a hard-hitting safety, a box safety. Though they're kind, those guys are obsolete now. You want the hybrid safeties. You want safeties that can do it all. A Devin McCourty, a Buda Baker. Now, Jamal Adams, I do think some, is a very good box safety, but even he blitzes and they kind of line him up a little bit all over the place too. But... Make no mistakes, Jonathan Abram is no Jamal Adams, okay? Some other guys that got drafted over, or, you know, that drafted after that, in my opinion, that could have been better. Um, Rocky Sin, the corner for the Colts, is pretty good. Um, you had Debo Samuel as a possibility. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Greedy Williams could have been an interesting guy. AJ Brown at wide receiver, a Miles. Well, they just they got a running back, so I'm just not gonna say Miles Sanders. Uh, Miko Hardman, just interesting guys that were there that I think they could have got. Um, and I just again, I, I I just don't get it. I don't understand it. You know, it, it is what it is. You know, first time. You know, that's the first draft. In hindsight, you thought Josh Jacobs was gonna be really good, and I think Josh Jacobs does have talent, but he's just an old school running back, and that's kind of the problem with. Jonathan Abram, he's an old-school safety. And what is Gruden? An old-school guy, okay? Old-school doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily mix with the new school very well. But his first draft, whatever. We don't know how it's going to be. Fast forward a year. Klein Farrell, botch. Did not have a good rookie season. Um, Josh Jacobs had a very good rookie season. So that looked like a good hit. And I still don't think it's a bad pick. I do like him, and you had the picks to do it, per se. As well, I'm not a fan of drafting running backs in the first round. I do like Josh Jacobs, but I'll get into that a little bit. I'll get into that a little bit later, why I don't like it so much now. And then you have Josh Adams, uh, who is a hard-hitting safety, who missed some of his rookie year, and he played, and he played a little inconsistent. Jonathan Abram, um, I mean, he played a little inconsistent. So, let's fast forward to 2020 draft. So, they're on the clock at number 12. They pick the first wide receiver, and they go Henry Ruggs. People fall in love with speed. People fall in love with the, oh, man, he's super fast. Oh, you can't coach speed. You can't coach that. He's fast, guys. You can't coach that 4-2 speed. And listen, I like Henry Ruggs. I think he's talented. But did I think Henry Ruggs should be drafted, in my opinion, in my opinion, over I'm just going to say, I'm going to say, Tristan Wirfs. I was a big fan of him, arguably the best tackle. 
You could have improved your O-line. Your O-line was getting older at that point. You could have got Tristan Wirfs. You didn't. But if you're going wide receivers, let's just talk about wide receivers. Jerry Judy? Maybe you don't think Jerry Judy is going to, you know, can't get much better. Maybe what you see is what you get out of Jerry Judy. Okay. That was kind of the case with Amari Cooper, and I would say he's been a very successful wide receiver in the NFL. But whatever. You didn't want to get, you didn't want Jerry Judy. CeeDee Lamb? You felt comfortable drafted rugs over CeeDee Lamb, who had a very had a pretty impressive rookie season, and he looks like he's on the level of stardom right now. Now, again, you can't predict the future. Henry Ruggs, it, it's only one year in. He could bounce back and, you know, look really good this season. But is he going to? I don't know. It looks like Carr couldn't trust him. He had somewhat look like easy drops. It's not like he was hurt last year. He just didn't play physical enough. He just couldn't do things. He got replaced as a deep threat option for Oakland last year by Nelson Aguilar. A man who's known to just could, would drop everything for Philly. Now, again, he had, a, now he, had a, he had one good year in Philly. He had a good year for Oakland. Almost a 1,000-yard receiver. And he had a very good week one with the Patriots this year. Okay, I'm not trying to just... Completely disrespect Nelson Aguilar, but that's not a franchise wide receiver. That's not a that's not a first wide receiver being drafted. You know what I mean? Like he he didn't get replaced by like he wasn't behind say like a Tyree Kill. You know what I mean? He got behind Nelson Aguilar and others. He didn't show up. Now I get it. Darren Waller's the number one wide receiver there. He may never put up super super insane numbers. That's Darren Waller. That's who Carr likes. But he has to play better. He has to look better. I get it if he was banged up week one or, or banged up all last year. He really wasn't. He was available for a lot of games. Now, he was banged up early, but not the whole year. He did not have a very good rookie season. Now, last night, there showed a little bit of signs of promise because he's fast. And again, you can't coach speed. But the Dolphins thought the same thing with Ted Ginn. And look what Ted Ginn did. Nothing. For the Dolphins. Nothing. All of his highlight plays come from different teams. Speed's intriguing. Dolphins went Jalen Waddle this year. But Jalen Waddle had a pretty good week one. All the wide receivers this year had a pretty good week one. You know who didn't really show out last year? Rugs. And again, it's still early. There's chances he does. But to say he should have been drafted between before Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb, I think it was bold. Now, I'm not going to throw in, people are going to be like, well, why aren't you mentioning Jeff, Justin Jefferson? If you look at that draft, the big three were, in my opinion, it was Judy barely edged out CeeDee Lamb, CeeDee Lamb, and then you had um, Henry Ruggs. I don't think, just, I thought Justin Jefferson was the fourth guy. But I mean, out of all the wide receivers you drafted, I mean, Judy looked better, Lambs looked better, Justin Jefferson's looked better. Jalen Rager, you know, the only wide receiver other drafted. Brandon Ayuk even looked at times more impressive than Ruggs last year. And he was a first-round wide receiver. But I digress, I digress. So they had another pick. And at number 19, they went Damon Arnett, the corner from Ohio State. Drafted him probably almost a whole round early. Roughly. 20 to 30 spots probably early. Again, corners is another big premier position where I get if you draft one early, like maybe a couple spots earlier than what needs to be, it's fine because typically if someone drafts one, 
a kind of a run on that position starts to go. I get it if you're trying to beat that rush. But, man, did he get drafted way early. And just listen to some of the guys behind him. Justin Jefferson, a wide receiver. Okay? So they could have got Tristan Wirth. Potentially, you don't know how these guys are going to turn out per se. But you could have got a Tristan Wirth, a J.V. Kinlaw. And you still could have got a Justin Jefferson. Or even a Jalen Rager if they like Jalen Rager. Or Brandon Ayuk. But no, they went Damon Arnett. Who, it seems like he could be a solid quarter, but I don't know if he could be a true number one quarter. And they passed on a Justin Jefferson potential, a Kenneth Murray potential, a Cesar Ruiz, a center, a talented center, a Brandon Ayuk, Patrick Queen. These are, these are guys they missed on. A potential of a T. Higgins, who I thought looked impressive. Xavier McKinley, a safety. Like, this is, this is just bad. Like, guys they really, really missed on. And that's not what you want to see. And Antonio Winfield Jr., who went in the second round. These are some second round picks. Chase Claypool. Ooh, their second round pick. If we go to their second round pick. Uh, sorry, I'm just kind of looking at this right now. Uh, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. I don't even see a second round pick for them. That's not good. They probably picked somebody. I uh, just don't know who it was. Wow. Maybe they didn't have a second round pick. I really don't see one. I don't know where they would have gave a second round pick to. Whatever. Let's just ignore that. Second round pick. Whatever. So, that was the 2020 draft. Guys they missed. Guys they could have hit on. They could have had game-changing culture players from these last two drafts. Set them up for success. That was the key, right? They're going to be bad for a few years. But with all these draft picks, all this capital, they were going to go to the new stadium with young, exciting players. Where are they at? Where are they at? So now, this 2021 draft, and who did Oakland go? Alex Leatherwood, the tackle from Alabama. They love out. They love Leatherwood. They love him. People had him ranked as like the top, like a 50th prospect, second round, middle second round. But the Raiders loved him, and Mike Mayock may have evaluated him differently than everybody else. Most people valued him between 50 and 60th, like between the 50th and 60th best, best prospect. He's talented, but what you see is what you get. Where's the upside of that pick? You couldn't trade down? You're telling me no one was interested in the pick? You couldn't have trade down and got him? Like, I just think they've, they've missed on some picks. Like, it's just hard to, you know, it's hard to ignore. Like, Landon Dickinson, uh, it's a guard that the Eagles got at 37th. 37. Who's just as capable to be him. Now, he has injury concerns, but like same thing. Devon Jenkins, an outside tackle the Bears got in the second round. Interesting guy. Liam Inchberg, an outside tackle Miami got. At 43, they got Trevon Morrig, a safety out of TCU, who people thought was a first-round pick. They're fortunate he fell to the second round. And what's funny is if you switch those picks, you would have said it was probably a good draft. But that's luck. That is luck that he fell to them there. There was no way to know that. They could have got their tackle there, and these are some guys in the first round they still could have gotten. You could have got a Jalen Phillips, a pass rusher, because you still don't have a pass rusher. Kawan Payne, Caleb Farley at corner. You don't need Najah Harris, Greg Newsome. 
Rashad Bateman, Gregory Russo, Eric Stokes, Joe Tyrone. Tyrone, whatever you say his name. Like they could have gone so many different ways, different pathways. Now, again, they got lucky with the Max Crosby pick. They got, I believe it was 2019, fourth, fifth round pick. He has, I think it's 17 to 19 sacks in his first two years in the NFL. Most out of everybody who's been drafted. He was a good pick. They hit with that pick. But that's kind of like, they kind of look at that like, oh, we'll see. We know what we're doing because look at him. We got him late and he's an absolute star. But where are the others? You have all these picks, all of these resources. And where is that premier, where's that premier pass rusher? Max Crosby's really good. He's a hard worker. I like him a lot. He's a good pass rusher. And, you know, I, I, good job getting him. Every team passed on him between one, two, three rounds, wherever he went, right? Good pick. But no idea he was going to be this good. I'm not going to give them credit for that because they had absolutely no freaking clue he was going to be as good as he was. And, and just because you hit on late picks, that doesn't mean you can ignore all the botch picks they've had. They've botched so many picks. And what happens this year? What do the Raiders realistically have to do for them to keep their job? I would assume playoffs. They've gone, what was, I think it, they've gone like 6 and 10, 79, 8 and 8. One game improvement. I mean, what, what happens if they go 9 and 8 this year? They have a history of not being able to draft well, head scratching picks. This whole offseason, they traded their, their elite offensive line and went younger. And did you see the run game? Non-existent. You see Derek Carr pressure a lot? I sure did. Now you got to rebuild the O-line. You have a running back that you drafted early in the first round, but now you paid it back at running back Kenyon Drake. What's going on there? You still don't have an elite pass rusher. You still don't have a really an elite secondary. Where's the elite? players at. You have Darren Waller. I really love Darren Waller. They're fortunate they have Darren Waller because let me tell you something. They didn't have Darren Waller. Darren Waller, this team would be completely, it, it, it would be bad. It would be really, really bad. All right. Try not to cuss. It would have been, it'd be a very bad team. You don't even know if you have a true franchise quarterback in Derek Carr. It seems like him and Gruden are just never sometimes on the same page. I can't tell if Gruden likes Carr. I can't tell if Carr likes Gruden. There's no telling. Now, I know in the offseason, Devontae Adams mentioned something to Carr, like, oh, I'd love to play with him again. I mean, if you're Oakland and that's the case and you really think Carr can get you Devontae Adams, okay, keep Carr. But do they even have a franchise quarterback? I personally think Carr's pretty talented, but how good is he with Gruden and his old school mindset and everything he wants to do? You know, they predicate Gruden on being able to script plays really well, and that's good. That's great that he can script plays really well. But where are all these wins coming from? Because they've, they've choked a lot of wins. They've botched some wins. They don't have the top-end talent to beat some of the top-end talents. I look at them in their division. Where would you rank them? They're definitely not better than the Chiefs. They're not better than the Chargers. I don't think they're better than Denver. Well, let's look at quarterbacks. Well, is Carr better than Mahomes? No. Is he better than Justin Herbert? No. Better than just is he better than uh Teddy Bridgewater? Probably more talented, yeah. But who has better weapons? I'd say Denver. Who has better defense? I'd say Denver. Who's not paying their quarterback a lot of money to pay other positions? That'd be Denver. 
I'm just saying. This, this is my two cents. I'm thinking Mike Mayock, Gruden. I think this is their year. I think they're done. I think the only way they're in it is if they go 10 or 11 wins. They can If they go 10 or 11 wins and still miss the playoffs, I think that could justify getting them another year. But I don't see it. I see them maybe as an 8-win team max. That's bad news. The offensive line's not what it used to be. Their defense still isn't that good. Um, Josh Jacobs didn't have a strong week one. I think he's going to get better. But you pay to back up a kid on Drake. So, like, are you going to split carries now? Like, I don't know what's going on with them. I don't know what direction they're going into. You still need some wide receivers to step up outside of Waller. Um, if you're an Oakland fan, I'm sorry. And maybe you want a different group. Maybe you don't want Mike Mayock. I think I think they're at that point. This is this is their last year. And I think they're done. But with that being said, that's all I got for you guys today. I really hope you like that. Um, you know, Zane's two cents. Uh, this new segment I'm going to be doing, I'm definitely going to be doing it Wednesdays. Um, if you guys like it, shoot me some feedback. If you think I need to change it up, do something different, let me know. Always up for change. Uh, you know, I'm trying to give you guys the best of what I can do. Uh, keep it entertaining for you guys. Uh, but that being said, next podcast is dropping Friday. Basically, I'm going to go over the top teams in college football, where the new rankings are at, 1 through 25. Big games, who I think is on upset alert. Stuff to look out for going into those games. Same thing with the NFL. Um, but with that being said, you guys have a great rest of your day and I'll see you guys Friday.